Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This episode of Screen Talk is brought to you by HBO's critically acclaimed original limited series Chernobyl. Winner of 10 Emmys, including outstanding limited series and hailed by critics as truly excellent, beautifully crafted, and masterful television. For your Golden Globe consideration in all nominated categories. Welcome to Screen Talk, Indie Wars Weekly Podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the Executive Editor-in-Chief Critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our Editor-at-Large. And Ann, first of all, I have to apologize if I sound slightly underwater in this episode because I'm pretty close to the water. I'm in Key West for the film festival there. And Lucky I don't you. Have all, my, all my fancy equipment did not follow me here, unfortunately. But hopefully uh, the thing that's important in this situation is not the quality of our sound, but the ideas we have to offer because we do have something substantial to talk about today award season wise which is the indie spirit awards and how obviously like the gothams they predict all of the oscar nominations right oh you love it you love it well in this case so you were part of the it. selection committee so you don't have an investment in i didn't it. know but i have to say <laughs> I, I i'm not invested except i will say there's a lot of similarities in terms of the stuff that got nominated so that well, made 24 kind of again you know has an enormous purchase here's the deal there's a cutoff a budget cutoff of 22.5 million which leaves out which most of the fall slate yeah it is it leaves out most yeah. i actually found out that the report from amazon costs less than that so it was shut out Jojo Rabbit was shut out, but it was not eligible because it was all New Zealand and it should have been eligible for the foreign language and, it, and they didn't vote for it. They gave it to so the souvenir from Joanna Hogg, a lin- an English language love. movie. There's, also. Al- there's always some, like, like the Gotham, some curveballs and surprises, which is what I love about it. No amount of prognostication can fully predict these categories well, that's what they are they're guys, idiosyncratic yeah. they, you have people in a room talking about stuff which is the we, way it should be for everything you know, they're, they're people you know big and it's a mix of people too it's people from the industry as well as journalists and and festival people and stuff like that and they don't tell you who, who they are but we, we all know them. exactly we all figure it out. <laughs> so that we should go through this and uh well, the and, other, and, and I was just going to say the caveat there was that the Netflix titles that, that are out there, like oh, yeah. Irishman and Two Popes and, and Laundromat and all those movies, um, are, except for Marriage Story, uh, really were not eligible. That's true. And, and then and they took Marriage is- Story and they put it in the uh, Robert Altman category so that if they were going to do Driver, Johansson and all those people, they couldn't be nominated. So they only have three nominations. They would have dominated the whole thing if they had been nominated in all those categories and they would have taken up slots. So these people did this on purpose. Yeah. I mean, I find that category to be a bit strange in some ways. I mean, Altman did more than just direct ensemble casts very well, like the very concept of that. And then also a good performance is a good performance. I don't know if we need to be taking them out of the categories just to make room for people in movies that might not be as good as the performances themselves, but perhaps that's something else that could only be addressed by somebody who's on these committees in terms of strategy. I think the the best feature category we should look at because 
based some overlap with the Gothams with Uncut Gems, Marriage Story and The Farewell, those, you know, seemed like they were almost like locks from the get-go, just because they're, they're the kinds of movies that would get nominated in conversations like this. But then Clemency, it was nice to see that get in there. I'm really I'm glad that it that did. Movie. I think that's a strong movie, and it needs help in terms of awareness, partly because it is an opening, even. Neon isn't opening it until December 27th. And, you know, Best Actress is such a competitive category, but I believe Offrey Woodard totally deserves a shot at, at a slot there. She could and get this it. Helps her. I mean, Neon's um, awards game is certainly more aggressive this year and, and more confident than it's ever been. So there, there is a real possibility, although they're opening it very late in the year because they've been screening it a bunch and it's had, it's had the whole year to kind of breathe in a way, but it's nice that it got into best feature. I mean, for a filmmaker like Chinanue, uh, who, who is, you know, at a relatively early stage of her career, but I think has made an incredibly mature piece of filmmaking I that agree has more. not been and discussed. And it's it's not just the performance, it's the film. The it's film the writing really and the directing, and, and Aldous Hodge is also very good. He didn't get in, though. Um, she did get in uh, um, for... Uh, she didn't, Female lead. She get, no, she... Alfred Woodard got in. I'm asking about yeah, the director. Yeah. Did the director uh, get in? And she no, got she in for, I think she might have gotten in for, uh, no, she didn't. She should have. She's really good. It's interesting because they, they, they kind of give and take away. In other words, Lulu Wong, um, The Farewell, she's she didn't get writing or directing, but it did go, to, and neither did Aquafina get Best Actress, but uh, the supporting actress who played Nine I got in there, um, and, and it got, you know, so it's, it's, it's they, they're not, Alma Harrell is in Best Director, and the, one of the weirdest yeah. things is that they gave Shia LaBeouf and um, Noah Jupe supporting actor. Who's lead? <laughs> if they're both, if yeah. they're both supporting, that doesn't make the, any there sense. There is no lead in that movie. It's part of the reason why it doesn't totally work in my estimation, but that's perhaps not the, the critical gaze that was meant to be implied by that decision. It's, it's a little strange, but I do like that the balance of that director category that you could have a visionary like, Robert Eggers uh, and then the Safdies, but then also Lorena Scafaria, who did something I think more mainstream and is sort of playing within that Scorsese-ish vernacular with with Hustlers, and then Julius O'Neill. Saying a lot. Scorsese's not the comparison I I would come up with for that cheesy movie. No, it's not that cheesy. (laughs) It's It's totally cheesy. Um, But obviously, the person who comes out ahead there really is Jennifer Lopez because she's she actually does have a shot at at a supporting actress Oscar. And she and one of the bigger stars who got a nomination. But but then the other one, and Rob Pattinson. Yeah, but you know the thing is like with the Sandler factor is really interesting. Because, I mean, that one, I mean, there's so much respect for him in this movie. And yet it's also, it's a, it's a weird one. I mean, it's, it's, it's him doing something, it's not completely outside of his safety zone, but the movie is. And so I, I feel like it's, it's kind of cool to see that the kind of groundswell of support for, you know, an actor of his caliber taking that kind of swing. Well, this and, is what A24 uh, needs for this lineup of films. They they ended up with 18 nominations, way ahead of anybody else. Neon had 10. 
Amazon had eight. Um, you know, that's really astonishing. Over seven movies. They had The Farewell, Last Black Man in San Francisco, The Lighthouse, and uh, Midsummer for cinematography, The Souvenir, as we mentioned, for international film, and then Uncut Gems and Waves. That was Tyler Russell for Waves. But one, two, three, four, five nominations for Uncut Gems, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I think Uncut and Gems. And Lighthouse. They both had but five. The thing- well, the thing I like about the, the Uncut Gems Factor is that it's a movie that bo- I've talked to both, uh, you know, New York cinephiles and like Hollywood A-listers about it. And they're equally enthusiastic. And there, there's something about that synergy that's pretty rare and, and kind of exciting. And I wonder if this is a movie that has the, even more support than we're giving it credit for. I mean, Adam Sandler could get an Oscar nomination this year. No, I mean, he won't, it. but it. it's, let, it's let, he deserves it. to be considered. And that's what this is. The, finally, you know, as much as they lean indie and they lean small, the, the indie spirits are definitely about putting a spotlight on the farewell or on uncut gems so that other people will watch them. That's the important thing. Let me thing. ask you this. It, it, the, they do put a spotlight on people who would otherwise be completely ignored, but if it puts a spotlight on somebody who might have an outside chance at additional award season momentum, it certainly isn't hurting them. Right. I mean, it keeps the, no, it keeps of course their not. Momentum you want momentum. So me, you want to grow. So forward. How did Regina King end up getting an Oscar? Part of that well, was exactly. the indie spirit uh, buzz that was Bump. started, uh, yeah. you know, at the beginning. So, so with Sandler, so this is what I'm trying to figure out with the best actor category. It's it does too crowded seem like this year. It is crowded, but there's it feels like there is a wild card slot that could go to one of a few possibilities. Like, well, who do you think Pattinson? the locks are? Well, so we have. Let, let's go through. We have Adam Driver, Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro. Who else? Antonio Banderas, Christian Bale. I'm just saying. Christian Bale, maybe. Matt Damon. Matt Matt Damon and Christian Bale, and who were probably going to knock each other out. Um, And I would say Antonio Banderas is actually actually a very strong candidate ahead of of anyone. Eddie Murphy is trying to get in there uh, along with. So a a lot of people are going to knock each other out. Rob Pattinson is supposedly in the mix as well. But there, yeah, Robert Pattinson, I mean, I saw him in New York a few days ago for a a lighthouse screening. He's squeezing in time to campaign. He is working hard. I gotta tell you. While shooting the the Christopher Nolan movie, he's he's working in a campaign for this movie. I mean, that would be even crazier than Sandler because Lighthouse is actually a, a wilder cinematic experience. Well, the thing about The Lighthouse is that it's an unexpected box office hit, which which is really not what we we thought it would be. Um, So... And he's a and very I, got, popular guy. I mean, he's working it. Yeah. He he. There yeah. there is something to be said for a movie star in a room turning on the charm. And Adam Sandler's yeah. doing yeah. it too. I might add exactly. So there. So this is where my logic is. is and so is, is Antonio Banderas. To, you're right. Well, he, but he also he's got. But the one who is working is Christian Bale. He is not doing right. it. And that's not his. He's already got an yeah, those guys have their their gold little gold men at home. So you know, maybe it's it's not as maybe the second time around, it's not as as much of a drive. Leonardo did a, turn up at that thing in in Santa Barbara, so he's 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 making appearances. He's just not you know mm-hmm. working super hard. Mm-hmm. Well, the lighthouse did pretty well. Got got a good couple of nominations Five. across many categories. So that yeah. that's pretty impressive. For that movie. And then so, I, the first feature. And Honey Boy had four. The one that got left out was The Report. So Honey Boy is the one of all their 
supposed candidates that's doing really well. I'm curious to see. Yeah, if but it's, it's sort of surprising. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of goodwill for it in a certain way, but it's also especially it's not, among actors. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a it's narrative not the they same can respond kind of, to. Um, yeah, but there's so many other kinds of narrative experiences this year that I think are are making bigger gestures in a way than, than that film. So bigger I mean, gestures. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? I mean, I mean that they're they're reaching to do things either cinematically or performance wise. Whereas where whereas Honey Boy, I think is is a quieter, more internal kind of movie experience. I, and, I think the narrative know, just, I was trying to to uh, I'm sure you realize it's the it's the guy in rehab, the actor who's troubled, who yeah, has passed all of his his demons to create something beautiful and honest and true and and it it resonates with people. So that's the kind of thing that the actors branch of the academy can respond to, you know. And 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 that's why I think uh, it's interesting that it's one of the best performers among the the uh, nominees today. I think the best first feature category is pretty interesting. You have Booksmart, obviously, which also was in the Gotham's. You don't have Burning Cane, which was another breakout film that, that we had pushed in there. But you have The Climb, which would not have qualified for the Gotham's. I don't think because it hadn't even it's opening next year. I don't know why it but, qualifies uh, for Spirit if it hasn't well, they, opened yet there's something different about the rules there in terms of how they can submit stuff. I mean, that's basically how the writer got nominated for a spirit. Oh, that's right. The writer. And then, you know, before it had opened, but they're throwing it away. I mean, it doesn't help them for next year. I don't, the only thing that Sony pictures classics actually got. And the other one that got, I I mean, searchlight hidden life was the only thing it got. And, and for um, Focus, uh, they 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 didn't get anything for Harriet, um, but they got they got something smaller. I'm looking. Yeah, at it's what true. It's like sort of the bi- the bigger uh, players who you'd expect outside of A24. Just they got the Mustang quite, with the Matthias yeah. uh, Arts got nominated, which is totally great. I love that yeah. performance. Yeah, it's a very small movie. We we also nominated it for Breakthrough Director in Gotham's. But, you know, Diane also for Gotham's. The Last Black Man in San Francisco is potentially a bigger heavy hitter. I mean, you don't think there's any no, Oscar potential. There's no screenplay really or anything don't. like that. But that filmmaker is sort of, it just kind of helps. A, I love that things. movie. It's just a question of what these people are actually going to look at and what they're going to see. And they're only, right. now the docs are the usual suspects American Factory, Apollo 11, um, Honeyland. Um, and they're going to, you know, they're going to continue to move, move forward. And for Sama, which is also getting a lot of, but not the cave, uh, they picked one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that whole, you know, dilemma of which Syrian doc you go for is both quite crass and also typical of this time of year. There's always something like this that happens. they, they, They tend to think in those terms, you know, finding that the thing that, the, the woman director who actually shot her own baby under the line of fire is somehow irresistible in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I should double back because while Burning Kane was not nominated for uh break for um, first feature, it was uh, nominated for the John Cassavetes award, which is a lovely category, I think because it's so distinct and, you know, you kind of get what it's about 
as soon as you hear what it's about, I think I think it's something like the budget has to be under five grand or something like that, or maybe or five mil. I don't know. It's a very specific cap, but it's also films that are in tune with Cassavetti's spirit. Now, I have not seen uh, Colwell, but the other films in the category I think are definitely worth celebrating in this context. Give Me Liberty is fascinating. Did you happen to see that? That was at Sundance. No. Um, in the, it opened the next section at Sundance, and then it went to, to Cannes and played directors Fortnite. They're really cool, uh, kind of naturalistic thing. Remind me of early Milos Forman films. This kind of day in the life of an immigrant guy who's like driving a, a van around uh, for um, for uh, like a, a special needs at home and goes on this really bizarre misadventure, almost like real time. Really cool kind of discovery this year, I think. And uh, and premature, which was a very nice sort of quiet New York romance, also broke out of Sundance and Wild Nights with Emily, which is this really funny uh, kind of lesbian take on Emily Dickinson that uh, that I enjoyed quite a bit. So there's a good blend in that category, and uh, th- those movies just will be their their last hurrah, really. I mean, there's just the rest of the season is not going to be finding a space for them. So I guess the question we have now is where are we at in terms of what movies really have a lot of buzz going on. We still, we still have not been able to, to get into how critics are discussing Little Women, although I strongly suspect they will be positive on this film after the, the embargo drops next week. Dropping, um, th- that one seems to have some, some uh, divergent opinions, as far as I can tell anecdotally around town. Um, not just critics, but, but uh, people in, who have seen it. Yeah. No, they, they yeah. haven't had well, voting. They haven't had the academy. I think I think the reviews will be will be significant for this one just because uh it will it will help sort of provide more context for the discussion around the movie. What makes this Little Women different from other Little Women? You know that. Oh, that it's is so. you know we know that, but um it I think I think we need to wait and see. You're right. We need to see how the reviews fall. Um, The other movie that broke last night was Richard Jewell, which I couldn't see because I happened to be showing Little Women at my class and and Amy came and spoke to us, which was fun. Um, And it played very well for the class. They they applauded it. So um, that older audience, at least, um, was uh, was into it. But um, the. Richard Jewell reviews have been pretty positive around. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't yeah, seen yeah, it because, yeah, I haven't I'm seen it because they didn't, they didn't screen it in New York before the AFI. And, and, um, when you are know, you seeing these, these, I'm not sure yet. These late season Clint Eastwood movies are always such crapshoots. And it's not because it's like he's necessarily lost his mojo, it's just because you never really know. Like you can have one year of Clint Eastwood movies, you can have two Clint Eastwood movies, and like one is really weird and like like fifteen seventeen to Paris, and then the other one is is you know something that critics really like, like The Mule, which was last year, and then you can have a year like American Sniper, where he's also in his eighties and making this movie that's a commercial hit and getting Oscar nominations and stuff. So it's it's just really hard to tell with him what kind of a 
film he can actually deliver with these kinds of dramas that he makes. But um, well, they're I, always I also, going to be they're always going to be well made, well acted, well written. He's got his team, and he, he's got uh, he's he got knows his what ideas. he's doing. The question is whether they connect on a bigger level or whether they rise to the uh, gravitas required uh, for for an awards contender. You know, I have to tell Jersey, you, Jersey Boys was not one of those. No, and, and, you know, and, he, and the mule was out. more of a popular hit than a, than yeah. anything that I uh, ended up being critically hailed. Well, I knew a lot of critics who wanted to support it, but I also felt like to some degree that support was coming from a kind of like personal investment in Clint almost. I mean, I thought it was a very silly movie, frankly. It didn't work for me at all. But, me uh, you know, I, I, I just don't know with something like Richard Jewell also because, you know, it seems like Clint, he doesn't want to wait around. Like he gets the movie done, he gets it out there, right? And like he also doesn't put a lot of energy up. into making it perfect or as right. as good as it can it. be. He slot. Well, I mean, he just he get he he's almost in a hurry. You know, it's as if he's well, he's gonna he has another movie he has to do next before it's too I mean, late. And he's almost we, ninety for Christ's sake. He is eighty yeah, I was gonna say. years old. We should all get to eighty-eight and be that you know blasé about you know getting stuff out into the world. I mean, there's nobody who seems more confident about just kind of moving along. And it is interesting too, also because this country's culture is ageist and certainly it's industry is we have very few filmmakers who continue to produce movies into old age and certainly not movies that are released by a studio. So his ability to do that, I mean, he turns them out on a pretty low budget. He doesn't he doesn't waste a lot of money or time um, on these things. So I'm I'll, I'm curious to see it tonight. And then this weekend, uh, finally, is 1917. So I'm excited to see that as well. Exactly. One by one, they start falling and then eventually it'll And eventually we'll see implode. cats. So supposedly what they're going to do cats. with cats is they're going to show uh, the work in progress the unfinished version of the movie to the golden globes by december 4th and presumably that's why they're not showing it to you guys at the new york film critics circle because it isn't quote finished. unquote presumably or maybe well, it's not finished also... <laughs> they can't show it to you on Do they even because the you? the critics I mean... at, at the golden globes are quote unquote critics <laughs> they're that's not really fair. you know I mean that that is true, and that's and and I believe you and I were talking about this before. It's it's what they did with all the money in the world. That's right. Uh, at some point, and, and that's it makes sense, and, and we'll see it probably get some kind of nomination there, right? I mean, it's like ready made for that musical or song comedy. or score or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but the question is with all those performances, which look totally ridiculous, with cat faces pasted onto various. Oh, the latest fa- trailer people. is really like you're looking at the the full nude. It's like you're you're looking at the full body Idris Elba covered with fur, and all you're wondering is what it's covering. You know, I mean, it's like it's too weird. No, it is. It's too weird, but it's also potentially just weird enough. I mean, if, if this it thing gets becomes us a all camp curious class, to see it, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I I just have this. Yeah, who knows? It might just be kind of stupid, but it could also be kind of amazing in, in the way that it's designed to be, which is, you know, playing into everything kind of ludicrous about it that those trailers let on. And it, as we've talked about before, it could be a big commercial hit. So all of those things, I mean, it could be bigger than the Golden Globes in this song. It could be a best musical or a comedy film, and it could make a lot of money and compete with a lot of other movies that are opening this season going up against it. I mean, if you had to go to Little Women with the Family or Cats, 
I mean, I know your family would go to Little Women. Mine, probably, but I remember that I, we went to go see Greatest Showman a few years ago because, you know, it was just a safer bet in that particular context. So, you know, you think about the whole country and what kind of options they have at their disposal. And, you know, this movie still seems like it's it's got a fighting chance of being a Oh, yeah. They'll market the hell out of it. And Greatest Although, Showman um, is definitely what they're hoping for. That's the model. Although I have to say, Star Wars uh, screenings dropped today. We're, we're sorting all that out now. So we know that that movie actually exists. And while it won't make the Critics Awards deadlines, you know, it's pretty significant that this movie is coming out this year. I mean, the assumption is, is not that it's an awards movie per se, but I don't know. And I got to say, I mean, they're bringing to, to the finish line this incredibly ambitious rebooting of Star, the Star Wars narrative. I mean, it picked up on previous stories, but it does feel like a reboot in many ways. It has been incredibly well received, at least the main storyline has been. And maybe it's not like lord of the rings but we don't really know i mean you've made the case that endgame is not that but there there has been some you know murmurs about trying to push that movie into the awards conversation but the star wars thing feels like it could i don't know this movie could be amazing or it could be just okay you know it's it's still an open question in the weeks ahead so we'll have to just wait and see when everybody crams into the you know three screenings or whatever it is that are going to happen in the 24 hour window to figure out all the ridiculous spoilers that this thing has to offer. And and then, uh, you know, we'll go from there. So the other thing we should talk about though, is a movie that is, as far as we can tell, no longer in the awards conversation at all. It's gone. That's, that's the banker. banker. So that was going to be closing night AFI. And then we found out yesterday they pulled it, swapped in marriage story work. Good, good news for that movie, which is already in theaters. And unfortunately, our publication wound up having a bit of a cameo in what happened here because of the, the a, a panel discussion that we'd hosted, among many others, uh, that you had moderated for this film. And, and uh, well, why don't you... So uh, Bernard sort of Garrett Jr. is uh, the son of Bernard Garrett, who's one of the characters in this true story, this true L.A. real estate mogul story. And Anthony Mackie plays his dad and, and Samuel Jackson's in it. And the movie's pretty good. Um, and he was on this panel and uh, presumably Apple, which, as you know, is a big, enormous, global family brand. It is not a brand that wants to be tainted with any kind of sexual abuse allegations, which have surfaced against this guy uh, from his family. Um, and so uh, they, they have just withdrawn from the fray while they check out what's going on. But it raises all these questions again, sort of like Nate Parker's uh, Birth of a Nation. How much vetting can you do when you make a deal on a movie into uh, what the real life people involved uh, have been up to. It's also a bit of a bummer because, I mean, I don't know what, who knows what you're allowed to say or not say when you see things these days. I saw The Banker. Um, there's some good stuff in it. I mean, it's it's not going to set the world on fire. But yeah, it's a very yeah. straightforward. Very but straightforward. Samuel Jackson and Anthony Mackie have great a, chemistry in it. It's a good story. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's interesting stuff about it. It's a movie that, definitely could have had an audience. And when you look at the kind of open question of how Apple TV plus is going to fit into this larger ecosystem in the streaming wars, um, you know, certainly a more interesting feature to kind of elevate its profile than say the elephant queen, which was, you know, an okay nature documentary, but not 
again, not, not a game changer. It seemed like perhaps there was there was an opportunity there for at least Apple TV to have something in the fall conversation with stars and stuff that that wasn't a disaster. But now, unfortunately, it's a disaster for other reasons. And so that's well, they pulled their junket. They canceled a screening in New York. Um, we were going to do an interview with Anthony Mackie. We are not going to be doing it now. Uh, he's not available to us. So they're just withdrawing completely um, from the from the. And it's a real point. question. What so what happened? Let, let's say that. You know, the, the I Apple doubt they'll give it a they theatrical it. release. They dump it or something, or they sell it to somebody. I well, mean, remember honestly, the other like, example would be Woody Allen, who finally had to you know, uh, settle uh, his back. lawsuit yeah. with Amazon because they wouldn't show his Paris movie. But of course, Woody Allen is a very powerful, wealthy brand. Whereas, you know, this movie—it's not—it's not a small movie, but it comes from somewhat more humble origins. So I do wonder. Well, if you want to see what the at. people are accusing people of, we wrote a story about it, but it came up on our our own comment page. Yep, yep, exactly. Which is sort started, of amazing. Started developing there, so yeah. it, so it'll be, and it's going to be interesting to see how that that conversation develops. I mean, it's certainly not the kind of narrative you expect to see in the middle of all this stuff but i do wonder if there will be other scandals or stories about people that come up in the weeks ahead whether planted by people or just that come out organically because well you know, part, you know year, perfectly well that like any political campaign an awards campaign often there are poison memes and various people go after various projects and and this kind of even on uh, green room right there there was a lot of discussion about the family and which green members book. of green book which members green room the, is an awesome movie though <laughs> that's a good movie i like it very much jeremy sonye no green book the eventual oscar winner survived in spite of all the slings and arrows that were thrown at it, including the various yeah. disgruntled family members who weren't included in the in the process of making the movie, so this happens a lot. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's a, it's a, it's a gnarly world out there, but we still have a lot of other stuff to check out. So next week we'll have the opportunity to uh, see how 1917 fits into everything. We'll have a few more upcoming screenings, and uh, we'll have Thanksgiving to have fun in uh, Key West. I will do my best. Take care, Anne. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.